0: We asked ChatGPT to write the opening to this intro, and here's what I came back with. Welcome to CMO Convo, the podcast designed for marketing leaders who are always on the cutting edge. I'm your host, square brackets, your name, close square brackets, and each week, we'll be diving into the latest trends, strategies, and insights that will help you navigate the ever-evolving world of marketing. With that out of the way, let's get back to some actual human words. Agency partnerships are pretty dang important, but are you maximizing your ROI from them? No one knows about maximizing ROI, it's a CFO. We're joined by one today, Robert Patton. Robert's with us to share his insights on what you need to prioritize to get the most out of agencies and how to make sure your CFO is on board with your partnerships. You might call us biased here on CMO Convo, but we know that with the right skills and mindsets, marketers are essential to an effective C-suite marketers like you. That's why we want to make sure the Alliance's C-suite masterclass is on your radar. Whether you're looking to climb the ladder or currently an experienced marketing leader, you'll find everything you need to navigate the modern C-suite. Across four months, you'll learn from experienced executives from leading brands like Trustpilot, Slack, Samsung, and more on how to drive results, inspire teams, and secure your place at the table. Ready to show the world what you can do as a C-suite marketer? Check the link in the show notes for more information. Hi, Robert. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you for having, uh, thank you for joining us even um, because it's not often that we get CFOs on CMO combo, but it is a constant topic of conversation is the relationship between CMOs and CFOs. So I really appreciate you joining us to share your insights on what you think CMOs need to be doing, particularly in relation to evaluating agencies, because that's a very critical topic right now. A lot of companies are having right. their budget slash they need to work out how best to continue these partnerships that they might have benefited from for a long time or looking to start new partnerships. So very much looking forward to digging into that with you. Um, in this episode, Robert, likewise, looking forward to providing some value to all of your listeners. So before we do dig into all that juicy, juicy good stuff, um, maybe you could introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a bit about your, your background and why you want to talk about this topic in particular today.
1: Yeah. Um, well, my name is Robert Patton. I'm the founder of Creative Agency Success. And what we do is we work with creative agencies. Um, my career, largely, I was a financial executive for mid-size, midsize agencies. I now work with agencies to help them guide in simplifying and, and ultimately scaling their business. So these are branding agencies, design agencies and content agencies, and ultimately helping them build a sustainable business. It's ultimately mutually beneficial for their clients as well as for them. And, you know, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is that there's there's so much success to be had when you have the right agency partner. Um, and having that relationship, you know, is truly so incredibly important from a growth perspective for both my clients, and then for the CMOs, my clients, clients, when they find that right relationship so that they can ultimately grow together and find that mutually beneficial relationship.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let's sort of start with the foundation. Let's talk about like where we're at now in terms of how you think the majority of marketers are approaching these relationships with their agencies. I think we've gone through a bit of a shift in how many organizations are approaching them. Um, back in the 2010s, where a lot of companies seem to have limitless marketing budgets, they could just have endless agencies doing all this work for them. They could have just throw money at the wall and see what sticks in terms of the kind of agency partnerships they want to have. But now you've got to be a lot more selective, you've got to be a lot more careful about how you're picking the, the agencies. Is, is that how you see things have changed? Um, or, is that, or am I just conjecturing there, Robert?
1: I, I mean, I think that there's some some truth to what you're saying. There's definitely some aspects of budgetary constraints that 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 uh, lots of agencies or lots of organizations have. Um, and ultimately making sure that they're selecting the right partner so that ultimately they can have the ROI. So there's there's lots of, of different implications. There's people wanting to have one agency partner because the amount of communication, some, and largely I would suggest more going specialized so that you have a true sort of outcome and specialization in what that that agency is doing. But yeah, there's there's some truth to what you're saying in that there's a, a shift in in the economy right now, largely. So
0: if people are still kind of approaching evaluating an agency based on the current model or older models that you're seeing out there? What, what does that look
1: like? Where are people going wrong currently when it comes to evaluating an agency? Well, the first thing that I would say, and I'm gonna take a step back, um, but I say the first thing that that a lot of organizations do wrong when first evaluating an agency is that they are taking charge. So they have a nervousness around selecting the wrong partner So they go in with predefined process, with predefined steps. And I mean, for me, right, I'm not going to go to a doctor and tell them what tests to run, what the end diagnosis is, what medication to provide to me, right? Like, that's not why I'm going to go to a specialist. And when you actually try to overmanage your agency out of this this sense of fear and you don't hear them out, you don't actually allow for them to advise you and where you should be going, then ultimately you end up in a really in a precarious position, both for the agency as well as for yourself. So what I would suggest is ask questions about what experiences they've had with your existing problem and really be truly transparent about what the issues are that you're facing. And so the the goal should be about finding a strategic partner and not really just a pair of hands. And that's what ends up happening in a lot of instances when you have an organization come in with predefined steps and exactly what they want and how they want it done. And then you're turning the agency that should have been a strategic partner into an executor rather than someone that's actually advising where you should be going. The other main thing that I see happen quite a lot is that you, many CMOs don't have very predefined KPIs and metrics to guide where they're looking to go. So if you don't know what the end outcome looks like, Then it's very difficult to actually get there right you're not going to find and so it's kind of the idea if you're going to go. On a road trip and you don't have the end destination, am I going south, am I going north, am I going east, am I going west. And it's that that same sort of principle is that if you don't know the end outcome, you don't know what success looks like it's very difficult for your agency to create that sort of fight path that that map that plan um, for you. Definitely. And if you
0: are just looking for people to
1: to execute, there are other options out there rather than
0: hiring a, a very, very expensive agency partnership. Like you can just hire a freelancer or if it's a small scale job, you just go on Fiverr or something like that. You don't need to hire an entire agency just to
1: create some copy for you or create a, an email campaign. Like you want this to be furthering your goals for you. Yeah, 100%. I don't know that I would go quite Fiverr, maybe Upwork and being very selective on who you're picking, but yeah, um yeah, absolutely. There's um if you have just a very specific and one specific task to do, then yeah, likely an agency really isn't the solution for you. You need a freelancer, maybe a part-time employee to do that executional work. Largely what an agency should be involved with is more strategic guidance,
0: definitely, definitely. So when it comes to trying to find that partner or who's on the right level for that kind of strategic guidance, you obviously want someone who's fairly invested in your success is, is are you saying you should be aiming for someone maybe an agency that's a similar size to your business so they you're working alongside each other growing each other or is it more a case of finding the right person for the right situation
1: i say it's the right person more for the right situation the the thing that i find to be really key important is what is the what is the reason why the agency is actually doing what they're doing in the first place, right? Like what is their core ethos? What is the what is the thing that really excites them? What are they passionate about? Because if they're passionate about what they're executing for you, the strategic vision that they're gonna help you map out, if they're really passionate about it, then you're gonna, they're gonna be more in alignment with you. And if you can find that that true alignment between your objectives, your goals, and that's a passion that they have as well and makes them feel good ultimately being able to accomplish that outcome for you, then you're going to be able to have a greater amount of success because you have true alignment.
0: And when it comes to sort of like this relinquishing control kind of thing, like that's, that's going to be maybe a bit of a barrier for CMOs to get over, particularly ones who are very protective of their brand, ones that they've developed over quite a long period of time. How, how do you advise CMOs to get over that mindset? Like, How do you advise them to maybe take a step back and, and let go of the reins?
1: See, I don't know that I'd want them to let go of the reins because I fundamentally believe in monitoring, measuring, and in constantly improving. The The thing that I would say, and it it's obviously depends on whether they're launching a new marketing campaign in email or they're launching a new brand, right? Because there's sort of different ways of measuring those types of campaigns and, and, and objectives. But let's say that it's more sort of brand oriented, right? We're going through a refresh or we're going through a rebrand. You want to make sure that you're understanding the why they've made the decisions. Is it is it found in data, qualitative, quantitative data that allows for them to actually have made this design decision? So having a conversation with a, a client of mine yesterday about this sort of principle behind art and design. Mm-hmm. And where I think a lot of the issue is is that it's not an art, right? I mean, yeah, it's a the expression of an art, but it isn't an art. It's a tool to accomplish a end business outcome. And the brand, the the rebrand in this instance, the agency should be thinking about how exactly is this tool, the brand, going to be utilized to achieve that end outcome? And what is the the foundation, the hypothesis, the why, the thinking, the data, the research data, the user interviews, the customer interviews that allowed for you to choose what direction the brand was actually headed in?
0: And, and a good agency doesn't require you to do the legwork and kind of getting all that data together behind what works. You can say to the agency, this is what we want the goal to be with the brand. And then many full service agencies still have access to far more resources than say like a a B2B startup or something like that to be able to actually get that data, get that information together and actually collate it together into something that's usable for the brand.
1: Uh, Yes, 100%. Ultimately, there's going to be a barrier for some organizations and how much they can actually spend in research. Because I mean, you can spend easy half a million dollars in research, or you may have a $25,000 budget in research, right? So what, what exactly can you spend? And what is the risk associated with this? And what is your end objective? And I mean, <laughs> so many conversations with clients of mine, were talking with larger organizations that do not want to spend the, the money in research, it's like, well, you should already know what direction you want to go, because you work with these types of companies all the time. And largely, you're setting yourself up and the agency for failure by doing something like that, and want to make sure that you're listening to the direction that they want to go but it should be founded in data it should be founded in both quantitative and qualitative research
0: definitely definitely so let's say you found this agency it ticks all the right boxes you want to get some budget to be able to hire that agency what would you be looking for as a cfo from the cmo bringing this idea to you or if that's even
1: the usual process that you see in terms of how these relationships are built i mean a sort of foundational principle to begin with, right, is that there should be some aspect of a predefined budget in the first place, right? And this, this is true for small organizations to large organizations, you should have the CFO should be operating based on a budget. And there should be some sort of band by which you're working within for this specific objective, whether it's here's your entire marketing budget, and then you're going to come to the C suite with here's how I'd like to spend it and looking for a final approval. And I'm gonna spend this much in a campaign. I'm gonna spend this much in digital marketing. I'm gonna spend this much in a rebrand and then getting the end approval to spend according to that budget. The Let's kind of think about things from the world of the CFO, right? The CFO is there to maximize profitability, to hold on to and invest the cash as much as possible and ultimately mitigate risk. So if you're looking to position what you're looking to spend, you wanna have them understand what is the ROI, how are you gonna measure exactly what is the risk associated and how is it going to help the organization achieve its end business outcome? And making sure that you're able to have them feel comfortable in that. Let's sort of now think about it from the marketer's perspective, right? We're looking to test, we're looking to iterate and being able to ultimately grow lead generation. And sometimes that means spending money on tests. Those kind of testing, ideation, hypothesis sort of, sort of stuff makes a very analytical mind, a CFO, a bit nervous because they're supposed to be a bit more risk averse, right? That's who the role that they're supposed to be playing for the organization. So make sure that the conversation that you're having while the test is necessary, make sure they understand the hypothesis of the test. How are you going to mitigate the risk with that? And ultimately what success you're going to look what success looks like for the organization i'm going to extract this information from this test so that i can then better spend here that's going to have a better conversion rate in the end that's going to reduce our cost per acquisition to to x or y and then ultimately being able to help us achieve the end business outcome
0: yeah definitely because even though they might not have a say on the initial building a partnership with the uh with the agency they're still going to evaluate that relationship over time. They want to to make sure that it's seeing results uh, because you might adjust the budget that you have available for that certain thing that you've hired the agency for. So you you need to be able to justify that spend in a year's time, or even a quarter's time if it's something that's really quick turnaround. 100%. And that's why laying out all that information straight away gives them clear benchmarks, clear KPIs almost that we can use to measure the success of this relationship.
1: Exactly, 100%. You want to make sure that you have a very clear understanding of what success looks like for this particular campaign. And the way that I sort of like to look at it is, here's the goal, and then here's the sort of ripcord number. So if we don't hit this minimum objective, then that means that no, this isn't successful for this particular campaign, and then we're going to pull back and have that understanding of this is where things are because I mean, at a base foundation, we're talking about humans within an organization, right? And humans are very emotionally driven. And you may have invested a lot of time and a lot of effort into a specific campaign into a specific idea. And then ultimately, you're emotionally invested to it, right? And making sure that you're able to remove the emotional decision component from whether you continue with that campaign or with that direction or not.
0: Definitely. So I think that's fairly easy with certain campaigns or certain projects where you can get very clear data on the results. Say like um, an SEO agency, for example, like you can see the success in terms of organic traffic to the site. What about circling back to the example that you gave earlier about a rebrand? What about rebrand? How do you lay out something like that in terms of clear, defined success that we can see for a A CFO, like, but a CFO, forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't want to be casting aspersions on your profession or anything, Robert. But to me, a CFO, (laughs) they don't really care about how nice a logo looks at the end of the day. Like, they want to know is that new logo going to drive more revenue for the company?
1: Yes, but there's also, There's a number of implications, right? There's cost savings from a rebrand, there's lifetime value of a customer from a rebrand, there's conversion metrics for a rebrand. Like rebrands don't just affect front end lead generation, it affects the entire uh, customer journey as well as your employees as well. So there's multiple different measurements that you'd wanna have from a rebrand is, are we able to, to acquire new employees? Are they staying longer? Are they more engaged? Those aspects are important from a from a brand perspective, are our conversion rates actually going up are our sales conversion rates actually going up as well to what is the lifetime value of, of a customer so there's both. lead measures and, and lag measures so you've got the lead measures of your marketing conversion and then lag measures of of your employee um, attrition and retention and the same thing with your your consumer and customer. And you have even just your the way that customer service is interacting can be affected by your brand and how the messaging is is um is being portrayed by the organization as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. So I, I suppose it requires CMOs to sort of take a step back and really think about think about the stuff that they know inherently as marketers and be able to explain that in a way that makes sense to to CFOs, like in terms of the. Like marketers, all know the power of brand. They know all about the, tower, the power of how it creates should, more yes. engagement. They should. They should. Yeah, <laughs> I think things have been changing recently, but I think people have cottoned on. For the brand is very important now. Um, they they know all the stuff about like how it creates better relationships with customers. It creates more loyalty from um, from the, the actual staff as well. Yet we're not sharing that information in terms that. clear to people we just expect it to be a given so i suppose that's something that we need to well markets as a whole and cmos in particular need to work on is sort of that that shared understanding of where the cfo and the cmo intersect kind of thing
1: yeah well let's sort of take a kind of step back in that sort of thinking in the first place and sorry to any branding agencies that are listening at the moment there's times that a brand makes sense and that there's time that you actually need to double down on your existing marketing activities as well. So first, yeah, as much as we'd love to have the brand be as as pointed and as well designed and as pretty as we possibly can get it, sometimes it doesn't make sense in that specific business's journey, right? Making sure that what is is in fact the actual true problem today? Is it that we do not have enough leads? Are we having cash flow problems? Are we having immediate revenue problems? If that's the case, then no, a rebrand is likely not the answer to your problem. You need to actually make sure that you're making augmentation to your existing campaigns and maybe doubling up on what you're currently doing, making slight refinements to improve each step of your funnel. But if you're having um overarching sort of customer acquisition problems your lifetime values not 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 where you want it to be those types of things that ultimately are a massive revenue driver long term as well then perhaps the the rebrand makes sense but to me the thing that i would want to know and be presented with when evaluating a spend i'd want to know why are we doing this what is the end outcome going to be why is now the appropriate time to do this versus before versus later? Why is today the right time to do it? And then ultimately, again, what are the KPIs going to be right? So if I spend $5 today, when am I going to get the money back? When is that break even place point going to be and when should I expect to have ROI and to what to the tune of what number and how what were the assumptions made in that? What is the confidence level in those assumptions that we made? And what does the timeline look like for me?
0: Let's talk about timelines because it's not really something we've touched on. We've talked about like evaluating the success, talked about um, having benchmarks in place, but how frequently should we be evaluating our relationship with agencies? Does does it depend on sort of the the length of the project or is there a certain cycle that we should be following on a a very continuous
1: sort of regime? I mean, so I would say... I don't have a predefined timeline that you should be reevaluating your agencies. Um, what I would say is, there's a natural attrition that there likely should be with most agencies, depending on what exactly it is the surface vertical of what they're helping you with. But the moment that the, that the relationship with the agency becomes that you are being the strategic mind with them is when you should be evaluating the relationship. They should be coming to you with the ideas. They should be coming to you with the next the next initiative. And hey, here's how I think that we can make improvements. And ultimately, that's what the agency's value is, is they have a measurable amount of data points from the clients that they're working with, of what's working within the the landscape today for your specific industry, why it's working, why it's not, and how they can make little little improvements right i mean the distinction between a pro player and a um and i'm not a sports person but i think that should this kind of analogy will will hit a bit for a lot of listeners is that you have like sort of the basketball um college player versus a pro player the the measurable difference between that college player and a pro player is probably one or two percent different right and um james clear in atomic habits talks about this in a in a really astute way that you're looking to make 1%, 2% improvements. And how is the agency actually helping you make those slight tweaks? What is the question that they're asking? Why are they making the assumptions? What is the basis of the data that they're utilizing so that they can make those slight improvements in your campaign to improve consistently?
0: And the people who are listening to the episode who have already quite broad pre-existing relationships with um, with agencies is it worth evaluating those relationships as a whole doing like a full audit or is it more like a case by case basis at different times of year would you advise
1: I mean, I would do it more case by case specifically. I mean, each organization, depending on the size is going to have parameters by which they're supposed to be evaluating their partners on whatever cadence, right? I mean, you're talking larger organizations. Every couple of years, they're going to be going back to RFP and evaluating whether it's the right partner or not. And those are going to be procurement requirements, right? For smaller organizations, ultimately switching agencies sometimes can be a big distraction, getting that agency back up to speed. And ultimately, is that going to have a negative effect in you achieving the the right outcome, right? And is that going to be a needle mover for you today? And I mean, largely, what you should be looking at is what is your quarters objective? What is your annual objective? And this is true for every business and every executive and, and manager is what is what is going to help me accomplish my, my goal over the next 90 days, and what's going to help me accomplish my 12 month goal as well. And is that is this partner going to help me get there? Do I feel confident that they're going to and I advise clients to be thinking about their employees the same way is would I hire this agency or this employee today, again, knowing everything I know about them? And if the answer is no, then uh, it's probably time to reevaluate.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, I will say like you've, you've advised caution there, but there are cases where you do have to take a knee jerk reaction, say, no, we can't work for this agency anymore. If they absolutely screw something up, then it's time to definitely reassess things straight away. But I like the more sure. measured approach when you're thinking about like the long-term relationship because as you say, they, yeah, finding someone new, getting them all up to speed, that's a very long-winded process, particularly if it's for a major project and something that you've been working with someone for a long time on, they've got a lot of stuff historically that's been aiding them to do the work they've been doing. Finding someone new to do that is going to be, yeah, getting them up to speed has got to be very um, very tricky
1: yeah i mean there's definitely instances right where you need to make that that response what i would what i would hit as a bit of a disagreement with uh, n- sort of knee-jerk i don't think that anything should be mm-hmm. knee-jerk i think it should be measured to a degree right is that am i reacting or am i responding if you're in a point of reaction which is an emotional response you're likely making the wrong decision. If you're responding to a circumstance, the risk is too high and I need to reevaluate and look for a a different or better partner because the risk associated with this particular agency is too high and caused too much damage, then you're responding to the situation and not in a reaction mode. And just make sure that you're evaluating when you're not in a highly emotional uh, state, because I mean, like I said, we're emotional creatures and making sure that ultimately we're being measured in the decision-making that we're making.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, so, when it comes to sort of the the long term ROI of an agency, you mentioned there is sort of like a natural attrition, and eventually a company could reach a point of it uh, being a great strategic mind. Does that mean there's always going to be a point in an agency relationship where the ROI just isn't there? Like, is there always a natural end to a relationship with an agency, or can something just be sustainable for? the foreseeable
1: future, so to speak. I mean, I don't want to speak in absolute. So I think that there's always a possibility. But largely, my opinion is that you want to be growing to a point that you're outgrowing relationships, you know, you should be at a place. And it's true for your team. It's true for your agencies that there's a point and thank you for helping me get to where I am today. But ultimately, I need another partner that has done what I'm looking to accomplish next. And so if what you're looking to accomplish is outside of the wheelhouse of the existing agency, perhaps it's something that you need to be exploring another partner. The thing that I would say is that a lot of marketers were uh, CMOs and marketers are highly creative people at their core and largely into no offense can be subject to shiny object syndrome. (laughs) True, true. And... And you wanna be careful with that, right? I think for the vast majority of businesses, most strategies will work. It's the matter of actually spending the time and focusing on that specific channel. Yeah, sometimes you need to stop and adjust the strategy and adjust the direction, but you should be not going into five, six different channels by which to market. You want to make sure that you're capitalizing on that existing channel and getting it to the point that it is as refined, it is you've done that 1%, 2% better, and you've gotten it to the point where you have tapped that channel and you can't grow it any further. And then start to look to expand beyond it, beyond it. And, and in so many instances and clients of mine as well, and me too, in certain instances, have gotten and Gotten into that shiny object syndrome and like, oh, I've got this new crazy fun idea. I'm going to go in this direction and ultimately kind of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. It's like, here was this thing that was working before, but I got distracted by this other channel or this other marketing initiative. And ultimately, I forsake the thing that was working. And now you kind of have to double back and go back to what was working. And sometimes it doesn't work as well as it was before.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I think it ties back to what we were saying at the beginning in terms of the the position that CMOs are taking when they're working with agencies being too prescriptive, being too, yeah, too set in stone with what they want to do. Um, uh, uh, what is this agency actually offering to me? They're focused on something and they've got their blinders up, so to speak. Same with like the, the shiny object in, room, in, in syndrome, same with the, yeah, having these preconceived notions about what they want
1: from the relationship. Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to asking questions, right? I mean, and I would advise any agency client that when you're having a conversation, you should be absorbing as much information from the client as possible. And in order for you to determine, one, are you experienced in the specific issue that they're facing? Can you actually truly help them? Are you going to build a long-term relationship with them? And is it going to be beneficial for both of you? And what I would say for... The CMOs listening, you want to make sure that they're asking intelligent questions. You can gauge a lot by the types of questions and the detail-oriented questions that they're asking. And the same thing's true on an ongoing relationship, right? If you are not hitting objectives and conversion rates are down, and what's actually happening, are they asking the right types of questions that's going to get them to the information that they need in order to be able to help you? And if they're not, perhaps they're not, perhaps they're not an expert in that specific area. And it makes sense for you to find either break apart that existing scope and have them stay with what they're doing well and find a partner to fix the piece that that they don't have the expertise in. And largely, what I would say is a lot of agencies get stuck here. It's like a a client will say, hey, I've got this new idea or this new thing. Can you do this? But it wasn't something that they um that they said that they knew how to do before wasn't a thing of expertise that they ever claimed before, but you're asking them to do it. And if they say yes, I I would question them in general and the authenticity by which they are actually engaging in the relationship as well.
0: Interesting, interesting. So yeah, I I guess that's an indicator that they are just trying to keep you around for capital rather than to actually drive your business forward. Um, Yeah, willing to just try and jump on Anything they can desperately do to try and keep you as a customer rather than actually saying, no, we can't do this for you. Maybe there is someone else who can do that better. And that, and that shows they actually care about your growth as a business. They care about you as a strategic partner. um Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense.
1: It's good for them. It's good for the agency and it's good for you, right? Because the agency, one, isn't going to be profitable doing it. They have lots of learnings to do. You're not going to have the growth that you need. Uh, and I say this to clients, right? It's and hopefully this isn't you as a CMO and that let's say that I have my my car at the auto mechanic down the street right and they're fixing my brakes but then my motherboard on my computer blows up today and I walk down to the auto mechanic with my computer and say hey um my computer's broken can you fix this too I that would be completely wild for them to say, yes. So well, I like, it's an electronic item, right? Well, and if they say, no, am I going to take my car away? Am I going to put my family at risk and taking it to someone else that I do not trust to fix my brakes? That's ultimately super important because they couldn't fix my computer. They would likely, if they know someone would send me to a computer repair place, it's down the street. It's like, actually, Hey, I've got a friend that does exactly what you're looking for. I'm going to put you in touch with them, but no, I don't know how to fix your computer.
0: I will say, Rob, in the in the small town that I grew up in, there were quite a few dodgy places where you could go and take your to get your computer fixed and your car fixed at the same time, but they were <laughs> dodgy as hell. I wouldn't advise going there at all. Um, but no, it is a great point. You want you want a specialist. Um, like it's the same when you're making hires as well. Like you might be okay with generalists initially, but eventually you're going to need to specialize in certain things. And I think it's the same when it comes to agencies, particularly with the so many different things to do with marketing now so many different channels so many different different types of marketing so many different media to be engaging with a specialist makes a lot of sense in order to get the maximum value out of the work you want from them
1: yeah i mean it's it's thinking about it whether it's strategic or utility right i mean yeah there's going to be generalist team members as well as generalist agencies that are doing more they're doing more executional work right where it's not a lot of strategic vision and a lot of strategic um guidance but Hopefully, if you're really looking to achieve larger, significant amounts of revenue growth and business growth, you need a strategic partner that has done the thing that you're looking to accomplish. I mean, I don't have all the answers in the world. I'm assuming you don't either will, right? I mean, life would be largely boring if we did. (laughs) So we won, and this is on a larger business sense, We need to recognize when we do not have the expertise in a specific area and we need a partner to help us bridge the gap of what we are looking to accomplish. And and largely I look for someone um, that has done the thing that I'm looking to accomplish, right? And making sure I'm finding that person. There was um, a social media post I read the other day. It's like, stop asking someone that has no money how to become rich because they (laughs) don't know how, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great example. I, um, I always think back to, there's that there's that riddle of like the, the two barbers in a town, one of them's bald and one of them's got a really nice haircut. Who do you get your haircut by? Do you get it cut by the bald guy or the guy with the nice haircut?
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and for those, for those asking, you get a cut by the bald guy? Cause he's cutting the other oh, yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Rob, um, I feel like we covered a fair bit, both in terms of how to choose the right agency, how to work with your CFO properly to make sure that agency is being effective, and also in terms of how to evaluate an agency partnership long term. Let's see if we can pull things together and sort of some golden rules that CMOs need to be thinking about when it comes to approaching these this, this kind of project. Yeah.
1: So what I would say, there's a, a three sort of things that I would be considering here. The first is mitigating risk. So what exactly is the opportunity cost? And what exactly is the actual risk associated with it? So understanding what you can actually afford to spend in a test and understanding what risk is associated both in selecting the partner, and and there's there's going to be people that are the bargain, and there's going to be people that are more expensive. But what is the risk associated with the organization not actually accomplishing the goal? And does it make sense to actually spend a little bit more selecting a partner, that ultimately has done that before and making sure you're you're selecting the right partner. The other thing I would say is very clearly defined success metrics. If you do not know what success looks like, it's gonna be very difficult for both you and for the agency to get there and having very clear KPIs um, and really clearly understanding that outcome. And then ultimately having a clearly defined budget and ROI. Understand what sort of band you actually have I so often see agency sale conversations where the the prospective client is asked, well, what is your budget? And they say, well, I don't have a budget in mind. <laughs> and I mean, you should. And I, most of those those answers, I would assume they're not being forthcoming, um, but you do need to really have a clear understanding of what can you afford to spend and what is that, that space or just like, I can't go beyond this line and does it make sense or not make sense for the organization?
0: Definitely. Robert, thank you very much. That's some really great insights there and really good advice, not just in terms of how to approach agency relationships, but I think in terms of sort of marketing as a whole, I think a lot of the lessons in this this episode are relevant when it comes to hiring new staff members as well. So I think this will be a very broad broad range of advice here, um, even though it is specific to the agency. So thank you very much, Robert, for your time and for sharing your insights with us today. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you once again for joining us and thank you to our audience for joining us as well. I know this is a topic that's high on many CMOs' minds at the moment, so hopefully we provide some great insights. I'm sure they have. I've learned a lot from Robert. I'm sure you've learned a lot as well. Um, Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.